0: Recognizing the problems and the suffering and seeing whether problems and the sufferings that what we face, is it something that we can do about it or nothing we can do about it and say, well, that's what it is and then we have to learn how to live with this. So what we have found so far is, is that's not the case. There's something what we can do. Yes, our problems and sufferings are so huge. However, it is not something that we cannot handle. And there's always ways and a means of ending it on the basis of the Buddha's experience and how did he do. So we're looking into it. And uh, seeing then we see the cause of the suffering, why it's coming from. And uh, when you're looking into that detail, and then we find, yes, the cause is mostly coming from our own creation. And it's negative uh, things that we do. And uh, so if you stop doing the wrong negative things, and uh, we can end our problems too. So when we did this and then we begin to look why do we create the negative things that we creating all the time. So then you find that we are almost helpless and we can't really stop what we are doing we even see within the certain people, they knew is not good for you, but you can't stop. You continuously do. For example, sugar for me, <laughs> or, I mean, sugar for me, if you, those of you who don't know me, you know, I'm diabetic, so, but I love sweets, so that's what I say, but I, 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 I try not to eat, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but people like to do that, and uh, people know whether it's the wrong thing. But however, with little giggling degree, like little kid, we all behave and Why? Because we have addiction on that. So our addictions are not uh, uh, not only a physical addictions, it's a mental addiction mental addiction is much more worse than physical addiction. I do remember an incident years ago, years ago, so the late Ellen Ginsberg called me one afternoon, I think it was the lunchtime, and uh, so I had a glass of wine, so he called me and talked to me and said, would you mind, uh, would, you, would you mind to speak to my friend, William Bros? And he says, I'm in Kansas, I'm talking with him, so would you mind talking to him? I said, sure, I don't mind. So William says, William Bros says, do you think my addiction to a joint will let me down when I'm, when I'm kicking my bucket or something? <laughs> in other words, you know, in other words, meaning when you die, you'll let it down. I said, no, no. And he said, "You said no." I said, "No." He said, "Why not? Why not? Because this is your addiction to your physical body, and you're going to leave your body. You're not going to take your body, are you? You're going to leave your body by the time when you go." He says, "True." So, but I said, "Your anger will be." I did not know he's a short-tempered person. Your Anger would be worse than your addiction to joint for that purpose. So later Alan told me you hit it on the nose or something because he probably must be a very short-tempered guy. So so the mental addiction is really much more severe and more harmful to ourselves than physical addiction. It is the mental addiction that what we have. We have to change. A changing of that is a spiritual to me. Spiritual part really means uh, changing of those mental addictions. And uh, sometimes people would like to see spiritual means. I mean, it is very nice to think you have some mystical, mystery, wonderful. And, you know, blessings and all this and that and, you know, wrap ourselves in a little cloud and do all kinds of things. A very nice, people enjoy, and that's a wonderful thing too. But, again, when this cloud that produces by the dry eyes, when it goes down, we'll have the same old person here. You know what I mean? Is it the same old ground hawk which remains under the ground for whole winter and comes out and the same old ground So it means the same thing. The really, truly, spiritual here really means you have changed that. And um, anything temporarily makes us feel good. And feel special, feel wonderful, feel this and that, are not necessarily... I mean it's great, I'm not objecting for it, great, wonderful,
1: enjoy.
0: But that doesn't do that good to us as much as they should have supposed to have. Because what happened is when that moment is over, we say, wow, oh, that was great, that was great, that's nice, that was great. But then you end there, that was great. We use the word, that was, so it's gone, gone, gone. So, so that doesn't do that good for us. And so, I mean, whatever had been great, but it's, when you talk about the spiritual thing, you must expect much more than that. Because you know, if you have to, satisfy the spiritual different to the individual to a point where you can point it, that was great. So then it's not good enough for me to be spiritual. Spiritual really means to make that change permanently to the individual. Not only it has to change permanently, and it has to bring yourself better all the time. Better all the time. And also should be able to affect to the other persons. Persons that person or persons that you're dealing with. it. And then it is beginning to make difference spiritually for ourselves. Even The Buddha's experience of Dharma is nothing more than changing. Changing better way. Changing the addictions in better way. So we have found. So we we did that, we talked with the us, we discussed that. I mean of course these causes are very brief way. Everything is very introduct- introductory level. And uh, otherwise, you know, each one of those points may uh, take months and years to talk and meditate and practice and uh, becoming part of your life. But uh, since it's a sort of rough introductory, so we have uh, come to this point that that was the thing to do. And uh, so what we have now learned so far is the sufferings that we have is a temporary, and uh, that temporary suffering is, is a, a changeable, and that can be changed only by yourself and uh, nobody else. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing really is, is the change, that we took, the internal change. Internal change will really make our habits and uh, addictions change. When they change the addictions, we do less wrongdoing and uh, and by not doing the wrongdoing, automatically you do the right thing, hopefully. Not guaranteed, but you know, more or less it is. It's almost like a black and a white, not so many gray. I was always accused of having, not having a gray, you know, either black or white. <laughs> um, I used to be accused. I think mean, I hope it's better now. My friends used to accuse me. I hope it's better now anyway. So that way, it reduces the of suffering, therefore the result of suffering itself constantly reduced. So now the question really rises, do I have to deal, do I have to deal, each and every negativity that I commit, or I indulged in it, do I deal with each and every every one of them? Or is there some better way that I can deal all together? So the last week what we talked about, we did talk about ego and that's where it is coming from and then introduced you to one of the biggest challenges that the spiritual people have is challenging your evil. Now, tonight, again, we're making one more big shift. What about my friend? What about my spouse? What about my children? What about my family? What about all the people who are is it my concern, or should I walk away? I have nothing to do. It is simply somebody else's business. What do I do? The idea really is: What about those people that I love and I care, and they're, they're connected to me, and those people who love me? and who care about me, what do I do with them? When you look at them, and as much as I have difficulties, and they do have the same difficulties, sometimes even more than what I have, a lot of them. Well, think about it. I mean, these days, when you turn on the television or radio or, or one thing, what do we hear? All the time. Iraq, Iraq, Iraq. Afghanistan, Afghanistan, Afghanistan. Or in Africa, what's happening? This dictator, that dictator, these uh, warlords and that uh, growler. Leaders or rebel leaders, and this and that, all of them. That's what we hear all the time. Even ourselves. We went through some experience which we never experienced for a long time. The blackout. All of those. So, well, we consider it is a big inconvenience. I, it is big inconvenience, a bit of suffering too, no light and no power, and um, to some place no water. And this, uh, over here we have to boil the water, right? So all of those, this is not easy for us, but then if you think about they're not having a light power for years and months in Iraq or Afghanistan, and then ours oh, is not that bad. For me personally, it's bad because I have to sleep at me, so I have to sleep with a breathing machine, and uh, when there's no power, you can't sleep that well. it' you just have to sit down. <laughs> and uh, that, that, that's about it. So. Thought, all these are there. And when you look about it compare with little suffering that we experience and that suffering intensified tremendously by the time period and everything. And the thing about the other people how do they manage? You can say, yeah, they they used to it and that they're born with that. They used to it, they go through with it. Or let's not bother about it or you say well well when I experience this, this that's not so good and we should do something about it that's, a, that's entirely our choice this is our freedom <laughs> right freedom we can walk away or we can have concern and I don't think people such as yourself, you would love like to walk away, do you? Probably not. We do not. We love like to do something if we can. We have that limitation. If we can. If it's not so much inconvenience for me. On that ground, and also another limitation what we have is, well, I do care about this and that and this and that person and not everybody else. If I can help, wonderful, but I can't. So this, 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 I do care, that's what I need to do we have that limitation too. On the basis of the Buddha's experience, the more you can help people, it is really tremendously intensify the individual development of a Buddha himself. Almost to the point that Servicing others is the way how you yourself develop. What makes you individual better? More you can help other beings that much. Your spiritual level will be uplifted and your spiritual development will become much more closer to become a Buddha. That experience of the Buddha. It is like a springboard board on which you can jump. You do not deal with each and every individual negative emotions one-by-one. Mm-hmm. One. But you don't have to build every individual experience of learning one-by-one. One, our life is not long enough to do this. So the only way, the way to do do I shouldn't say the only way, the way for us to deal with the whole thing is the developing love and compassion. And that also, greater love and a greater compassion. Greater compassion and greater love is unlimited, unconditional ultimate compassion and ultimate love. That is the biggest gift of the Buddha with his experience to us, those who look and pay attention to his experience. And that is his best gift to the mankind love, compassion, ultimate, unlimited, unconditioned. Here Buddha even himself among his own disciples he categorized the person two separate categories. One who enjoys the greater vehicle on which you can travel to total enlightenment, and the one who enjoys the smaller, narrower, smaller vehicle through which one individual will reach to Nirvana or liberation, and the choice is absolutely to the individual. So the love compassion you know, when I talk about a smaller vehicle, it doesn't it does not mean they don't have a love compassion. They all do, tremendous. But they don't have unlimited, unconditioned, the ultimate love and compassion. They don't have it. It is not so simple and not so easy for anyone to develop that. Yet it is not impossible. Millions have developed that and traveled on that road and reached to a total enlightenment. And millions of them, and the one important thing is is also living tradition. It is in life what we can do? And it is open to all of us. It is not closed, and it is not restricted. It is nothing secrecy about it, and it is. Open, straightforward, and uh, that's what it is. That doesn't mean, again, one individual has to become Buddhist, has to be this, has to be that. No, it's not. It is just simply way how it developed. So, you can choose not to have not to work for the greater compassion and greater love. Just simply have love and compassion. Just love and compassion. And go with this and they will deliver the goods too. But a very long way. It takes tremendous time and efforts. Here it is much faster and good and great. That is because of greater compassion, greater love. Greater love, greater compassion is really considering every being, everybody, everybody to be subject of compassion and to be subject of love. And it's a very suited idea for we in America, tremendously, because of the idea of equality. You know, every man is equal. That man means woman included, right? <laughs> I'm not saying that. every man is equal, not the woman. I'm not saying that, okay? That's my naivety. Anyway, so it's equal. And that is what the greater love is talking about. Every beings are equal. And it is truly equal. It happens to be different at this moment. It happens to be someone as near and it happens to be someone distant, it happens to be someone identified as an enemy, it happens to be someone identified as friend, but in reality they are all nice, kind beings and every one of them is looking for joy and happiness. I wonder whether any one of us does remember when we see the cockroaches running around I why do they keep themselves so busy running around and I don't think they're doing their exercises. I don't think they're looking for lose weight like I should. They're running around looking for food. They're running around looking for joy. And they're running around, looking for happiness. So what do we do? We greet them. We greet them with this right. What's it called? Red. Thank you. We greet them with the read. Here goes our equality. You may say, what that cockroach, we're human beings. True. Very true. Very true. true. Very true. But there happens to be chorus this time. We happen to be human beings this time. But I'm coming from the background of reincarnation. Which none of you here can prove that's wrong. Though we cannot prove it's right. No scientist has ever proved there is no reincarnation. If scientifically, perfectly proved, I will be happy to surrender my title, Rinpoche. Without any hesitation, with the hand, put it down. Happy, but it's not. So with the background of reincarnation, if you think about it also, I won't say if you meditate. When I say you think about it, I mean meditate. You have to understand that. I don't like to pick up that, you know, little sexy language of meditate, you know. (laughs) Meditation means thinking, focusing, analyzing, and drawing a conclusion and thinking about it. So when you think about it, the, between, the difference between so-called this life and the future life, there's no distance to cover. There is no boundary to cross. There is no customs or passports, or none for whatsoever. There is a symbol, a little thing, little air, just air, A-I-R, little air. That is the standing between us and the future life. That is this breath, that what we breathe, that's the only thing is standing in between this life and the future life. Honestly. So how fragile we are, that that's why we know. That's why we should be grateful that we're still alive, and a wonderful life. And that's why this life should not be wasted. And whatever we call it, and the way I talk to you, it's sort of, you know, you thought future life. I left it blind there, so I don't know what picture you get future life can be a great, a wonderful, or can be a cockroach, or can be anything, never know. And there are certain people who said, hey, I'm a human being and I'm up here, my future is going to be better only and never going to be worse. There's no guarantee. Nobody ever guaranteed that. On the contrary, it proves it's not true because it is ups and downs are our way. It functions always like yesterday or today. Ups and downs we experience every day of our life ever since we remember and what makes you think it always has to be better. There's no, no point, no reason, no guarantee. Simply because our mind, our status of the mind is not there stable, it ups and downs. Our addictions rises and decreases. Our actions differ according to the mental addictions. Because of that, every result is different. So it is always the fact our life ever since we remember it has been zigzag, no matter how simple, straight it might claim to be, no matter how rich you might have been. And every rich person, they experience much more zigzag than we could have imagined. They do. So in short, the rich or poor, young or old, Man or woman, we experience that zigzag of our life all the time, all the time. That itself is enough indication for us if we, if we sort of, instead of zooming down in the one life, if we pull back and if we look the whole lives, we will have that exactly continuously because they the same part. What we're zooming down looking is one part of that whole picture of our life. So that is the difference between the Khoros and me. Right this So it's not only we have to develop love and compassion to all human beings, but we also must develop love and compassion to everyone. And we see the stories when some of the people, you know, people, human beings, that locked in, in one of those, whatever you call it, solitary jail and when there's nothing, not a single person to talk and all this and they maintain the companionship of the insects that travel around. We've seen many movies out of it and the stories people tell you based on their experience. That shows their fellow living beings fellow living beings. You know, compassion to all human beings we are great, We are very good Americans, particularly open-minded people such as yourself, are really great. But when you think about beyond human beings, others, our mind gives a lot of limitations a lot of things. I don't want to talk too much on this. I don't want you to be frightened. You know, we develop our friendship with our pets, Don't we? The cat that we give. The dog. Some snakes. Some rabbit. People too. The parents. I don't know whether anybody keeps a raccoon. When you look at them, they look cute, really cute in this way, rac- I have a, a raccoon, you know, comes on, the, on my porch all the, every time and look through the window and scratch and want food. <laughs> and a lot of skunks too. I had a nice smell last night. I don't know what happened to them constantly, so for the last couple of days, actually. And, you know, when you can do something good for somebody, when you can do something good for somebody, and that makes you feel really good, especially the needy ones, especially if you can save a life of some human being. How wonderful you feel. And that's great. And likewise, if we can save a life of insect, cockroach, or rat that you don't want in our room, those are our unwelcome visitors. And I'm not saying we have to let them in. I'm not saying. We have to live with them, actually we do have to live with them, we do live with them, for sure. Maybe, they, we, maybe we happen to be inside the room, they happen to be outside the room, otherwise we live together. But I I'm not saying you have to allow them inside the room and live filthy, no, not at all. They belong to the outside, let them be outside, we belong to inside that I'll be inside. But we don't have to kill them. We don't have to kill them. And think about it. Suppose if the reincarnation is true, and I become, I meaning each and every one of us, become the next cockroach, and we've been received by our next generation with the raid. And right on our face, how do we feel? So think about that. Well, if you're not worried about the chemical, you can use them. But use them before they can. You know, I used to live in Delhi, New Delhi, in India. And there's a tremendous amount of courage. New York's joke. If you look in New Delhi, it is tremendous. Amount of corals. If you go down at the night, you just open the refrigerator and the light comes out, you're probably going to see hundreds of them on the floor. And they just disappear when they heard you coming. But even you switch on the light, or the open the refrigerator, there's zillions of them on the floor. I don't know what to do so that did learn something, that you use this. This, fact, what you call it, those things but you use them them on them, they get killed. But if you do them, if you do those threads, you draw in. make sure that in the month of February and March, it's beginning to get heat in Delhi. So if you do that very nicely, and then a little bit every day, and so you don't see them, they won't come. You don't have to kill them. And when you have them, then you have to. You have no choice because human life is much more value than their life. When in India, it's terrible. They use DTT and all that, you know, which is sort of... We, we have uh, completely blocked them for how many years, you know, for decades and decades. And they're all sold to the developing nations. So their best way of protecting is buy packs of DTT and throw in the switch system. So that's what it is.